I'm Jordan Ferguson. And I'm Kate McKinnon. And you are listening to the Geek Down Podcast. What's up, y'all? Welcome back to another fantastic episode of the Geek Down Podcast. This is the show where two nerds sit in front of mics and try to find the sweet spots where their fandoms intersect. My name is Jordan Ferguson. My name is Kate McKinnon. You are back with us for episode 143, not 143. No. She asked me off mic what episode it was, and I said it was 144. And I have it on my notebook, and he's already been looking at my notebook, so really you could have just looked over. It's 144. Yeah. Punch to you. Punch to me. If you would like to verify that I'm correct, there are a couple ways you can do that. You can go to soundcloud.com slash geekdownpod. That's where all other 143-plus episodes live. of the podcast live. If you give us a follow on there, you'll get a notification every time a new episode goes live. If that's too much work... Because we know you are busy. We get it. You're busy. I'm busy. I'm frankly too busy to be doing this podcast right now, but here I am for y'all. He said I was the highlight of his week. <sighs> <laughs> he knows it's true. Podcast. <laughs> if you would like this chicanery brought to you directly every week because you don't want to go all the... Listen, it's cold. We understand. Oh, yeah. It's fucking freezing in Toronto this week. You don't want to step outside. You don't want me trying to get your podcast. You, you want to hear automatically so you, when you get on the train, you don't have to fumble with your gloves. You might get frostbite. You might. What if these things can just be brought to you? Well, they can from someone who cares not for cold. As in, like, it doesn't bother him. Yes. Because he's a snow elf, forged in the harsh w- Arctic I, winds of... I would say a winter elf. He's a winter elf? He's a winter What's elf. What's the difference? Because he embodies not just snow, but ice, the cold winds of the Arctic. Well, that's your man. Chauncey Frostilicus Third, Swinging through on the Rainbow of Friendship. On his horse, Philip. He's just a horse now? I'm sorry. You're right. I apologize profusely. Philip, I owe you some apples and carrots, <laughs> some sugar cubes. That banana you brought? That <laughs> banana to, I brought. It's going to Philip now. It's going to the Pegasus unicorn, or unicorn Pegasus, Philip. His, our, our internet elves, our internet elves, trusty steed. Who escorts Chauncey through these digital streets to smash piping hot episodes of the Geek Down podcast directly into your ear hole. Because, you know, we care. A lot. And by smash, we also mean caress gently. Gently. Like a lover. If this makes no sense to you and you have questions, I understand. I might direct you to our clip episode. You can hear some of that. But if that's not enough, if you have more questions, you can get at us on any of your social medias. Check at GeekDownPod. Mostly Twitter, though. You can just Google it. It'll come up. At GeekDownPod. Throw it into Google. It'll tell you everywhere we are, including... You you slacked off. I'm I know. pointing. I'm I pointing know. at Caitlin McKinnon. I know. Funny because I was just thinking about that on the trip here. I was like, "Ooh, I got to get back to the whole Facebook res- revolution." Yes. I, I said there was going to be a Facebook revolution. Someone mentioned it. One of our lovely fans, Jacqueline, and I. I didn't. I didn't talk about. It. I need to bring the, the, in pe- people the people into the, fo- the fold. The people have no idea what's happening, Caitlin. No, they're like they're pumped for a revolution. They just, they don't know, they don't know what kind of revolution it's going to be. So if you keep your eye on www.facebook.com forward slash downpod, eventually, we hope, Katie Mack will explain this revolution. But I still don't even know what it is, friends. I'll give you, I'll give you a bit. 
a little bit. <laughs> a little bit. You know what? We're going to finish. A pinch. We're going to finish this intro. And then I'm going to give a bit. <laughs> we'll give a bit. Okay. For the rest of the intro, if you would like to support this endeavor financially. Or the revolution. <laughs> revolutions require capital. They do. We know this. Yes. If you've ever taken a history class, you'll know this. <laughs> you can get at us on patreon.com slash geekdownpod or buy us a coffee. A coffee. KO-FI.com slash geekdownpod to learn about how you can either support this endeavor monthly at varying tiers or just, you know, throw us three bucks. Yeah, because you're just like, hey, I got this extra change and it's just lying here, taking up space. Did my laundry, found some change. You know what? And you know what? You know what uh, uh, Marie uh, <laughs> says about stuff just lying around? That would be Marie Kondo. What sparks joy in your life like the Geek Down podcast? Right? Nothing. Not yet, if you're new, but you'll know soon enough. <laughs> you will know soon enough. Thank you to all the people who have been practicing Mary Kondo's, uh, Marie Kondo's uh, rules for life. It's the KonMari method. The KonMari method. method, Or who've just been like, yeah, I'll contribute. You guys are awesome. We really appreciate it. We appreciate you guys. We Thank you for listening. do appreciate it. Thank you for listening. And now to the revolution. <laughs> revolution break with Katie Mack. Yeah. So there's this... Thing about okay, Facebook has lots of problems. There are many things about yeah, Facebook. It just, Facebook is just like riddled with issues, right? There are so many problems with like people getting your information, what kind of information they're getting, what kind of stats people are getting, what they're doing with that information, how people are manipulating the news. I think we should take the the just the the posting. Just you know when you flip something and you post it. I do this every once in a while. I think we should take that out of Facebook. I think people should use it as the social platform that's mostly for just, like, checking in with each other. Like, when you... You know what? I made a promise, and I've kept it so far, that every time a birthday notification will come up, I'm actually going to wish someone a happy birthday. Put a little effort in. Do a fun gif. I'll do, like, a cute picture. But I'm just going to try and, like, connect with people over Facebook. I'm not just going to have them here culminating. Right. Um, because it's this it's this facelessness, right, that's a problem. And um, to, like, counter the, I don't know, whatever type of information Facebook is giving me about what I want to read, I'm not just going to flip stuff, stuff over. I'm going to, like... Take a good look and be like, because someone called me out on something I, I really didn't know. I thought it was like a, I flipped something over that seemed like it was useful. And someone, in a nice way, they weren't like, hey, you've done a bad thing here. They were just like, this is actually true, by the way. Ooh, I miss this. I know. Um, and I, I said something and then I went, you know what, just so there isn't any misinformation, I'm going to delete it. Mm. I don't want people getting, using this thing. It was basically like, if you're having a heart attack. Right. No one's around. Some things you can do to try and help yourself. And it was all bunk. Like, I was like, and I felt really bad. And I was like, you know what? I should know better. But it seemed pretty, pretty harmless. Right? Mm. It seemed like it was just a good thing to throw out there. No. Look carefully at the things you're throwing out there. Because it could be trash. <laughs> you can get someone trying to, like, help themselves with a heart attack. And they're not doing the right thing. And they knock themselves out. And all kinds of bad things. So, I just, I want to humanize the social platforms we use a little bit. 
just put a face to stuff a little bit more. So you want to bring it back from less from the, you know, dissemination of news, truthful or nah, yeah. that it has become and just more, more personal. Yeah. Because when you bring it down to like a personal level, it may, you know, you may not have the thousand friends you've got on Facebook, but at least you're connecting to the people that matter most. I cannot survive without Facebook birthday notifications. It's basically the only useful thing it does for me. Right. But what good is it if it gives you a birthday notification and then you don't do anything with it? Right. Friend of the pod slash sometimes co-host Chris Kozak. Yeah. One of my best friends in life. It was his birthday last week. Had no idea. <laughs> the worst. He doesn't have it on Facebook. The worst is when people don't have it on Facebook. And I'm like. What are you pointing at me for? Mine's on Facebook. I know. It's when I'm I just... maintain my Facebook. Sometimes I delete it that day. But I'm just saying that like. If you don't have it on Facebook, don't be mad at me. If you know everyone relies on it, there's like a handful of people I know in my heart. Um, and but other than that, I'm at a loss. That's how I, uh, that's how I weed out the people who actually care. We don't have birthday books anymore, guys. <laughs> Facebook is our birthday book. So yeah, that's that's part of the revolution. Facebook has been interesting uh, this past couple week weeks past couple weeks um because the gillette had what? has what? really <laughs> what's that thing oprah says it's like when people tell you who they are listen yeah it's been a lot of that this week there's a lot of a lot of quiet <laughs> removal of people yeah. from my life um interesting for two reasons one for people like that who's like ah, you were leaning republican to begin with and now it's like the world is going to shit because we're not actually equal. Everyone has different strengths and challenges, and the government, the socialist state should oh, oh. you've got to go, Barb. <laughs> Susan. So long. Um, when you linked to that article, did you get to the bottom where it said it was recycled from Breitbart and you didn't care, or did or you just not what? know it was recycled from Breitbart? It's one part of that, and it's one part just some of my friends who are, like, raising boys who, like, don't live on the internet. Right. So this is, and it's like, what did you think of the ad? Yeah, I think it was Wokonomics, you know, yeah. whatever. It's like, they're trying to start a conversation around their brand. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't, it's just like the Dove thing. Yeah. We all know who the parent company is. Or the Nike, kill, you know, Kaepernick ad, where yeah. it's like, but at the same time, I'm seeing people, friends of mine, who are raising boys, mm. who don't live on the internet, per se. This is the first time they've ever really reckoned with these ideas. Right. It hasn't been brought, you know, you live on the internet, you live on Twitter. You can't get away from these conversations. They're always there. All um, the time. And a lot of people don't live on the internet and don't have to face, reckon with these sort of thoughts or conversations. And seeing those people kind of be like, wow, the world sucks. And it's like, yeah, we've been out here. <laughs> We're trying, guys. We could really use some support. We've been out here telling you the world sucks. Um, And... Man, th whoever that dude is who punched Richard Spencer, if you could find that <laughs> kid in the MAGA hat from this weekend. Yeah. I don't endorse violence against children, but. But sometimes. Sometimes a punch in the face is just what, <laughs> just I what mean, the doctor ordered. Was he a child? How old was he? Do we know? I don't I don't know. I don't even want to know. Listen, shit like that, I don't even want to know. I don't want the kid's name taking up any, no. any mental space or energy. Because, like I said, going back and listening to those old episodes, three minutes. Three I got, minutes? I got three minutes per outrage. It's the, 
That's the, uh, the most I can give you. Yeah. Um, I have I have a, a slight rant. That has nothing to do with any of that. Well, Kate's about to. I'm just I'm just clear out the lane, <laughs> clear out the lane, and let her go. So I believe I mentioned I, we had a long talk about it last week about me cutting out sugar. Yes. Yeah. If one more person says to me, "But fruit has sugar in it," <laughs> I'm gonna fucking drop kick you. Okay. <laughs> Son. Yeah, um, I know fruit has sugar. Linda, no, not actually my mom, just a lady named Linda <laughs> who is one of those names. Said Mary Beth, <laughs> Deborah, um, but I'm not fucking insane. This also goes for carbohydrates. Well, carbohydrates are a sugar. Are you going to cut out bread? No, I'm not going to cut out bread. I'm just going to cut out eating a box of cookies a day. Like, I'm trying over here. Don't try and drag me down just because you can't give up your, I don't know, six uh, hot chocolates a day or your, like, bags of M&Ms that you consume. I, I cannot do that. I'm getting to that age where... You can't work that stuff off anymore. It just sticks around. Yeah. So if I can't, I mean, and I am, as we know, I detest exercise unless, you know, someone can, like confuses my brain and I don't realize I'm doing it. Oh, remember the Zumba days? Yeah. No, I knew that was happening. It was torture. <laughs> <laughs> it was not fun enough to distract me from the fact that I couldn't breathe and my whole body was yelling at me. Wow. They wanted me to get on a couch with a book. It was like, stop Zumba-ing. Oh, the, bo- the, bo- the body did. Yeah. So I do not like exercising. And and I've told several people this. They've proven through a couple different um, tests um, that it's what you put into your body. Mm. Um, it, exercise is um, important for your health. Absolutely. But if you're looking to lose weight or maintain weight, it's what you put into your body. I've had this argument with several people. Um, but yeah, so don't come at me with your, you and bananas have sugar. Um, I'm trying my best and I'm not insane. Um, and, uh, yeah. What about, what about keto? The keto diet? You're going to go keto? No. The paleo? No. Um. I'm just not going to eat a cake every, (laughs) (laughs) every two days. Yeah. I found some, found some carrot cake Oreos at the no frills last week. Those, yeah. those lasted about a day and a half in the house. Were, how were they? Yeah, underwhelming. Uh, yeah. <laughs> a nice reminder. Well, I've been trying to, like, <laughs> said to Caitlin when she was like, she, Caitlin got here early, which I mean. Yeah. Woo. Ra- rarely happens. Uh, so she swung by our, our favorite no frills and asked if I wanted anything. And I was like, just, I'm really trying this thing where, like, I don't have snacks around <laughs> the house. Yeah. Uh, doesn't stop me from eating like four bowls of cereal at a time or just spooning peanut butter into my face. <laughs> peanut butter is not a snack. It's a tool. <laughs> it's a tool. It's a tool to make goodness come into my mouth. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, but I mean, as far as like, okay, maybe maybe we don't buy cookies anymore. Right. Maybe we don't buy chips or sweet, sweet Chicago mix. Yeah. Anymore. Oh, God. Chicago mix. <laughs> Popcorn's healthy. <laughs> Yeah, sure. Um, so that's that's my uh, that's my small change I'm attempting <laughs> for the next 
few months because I may have to be on planes soon, and your man has been on a plane since like the last decade. So it, you know what it, it's the small things, and they're important, and it's not about these like crazy life altering journeys, food journeys you go on. It's about just starting with the small things. I find that that's the only way you can actually do it. Because if you do, it's just too much pressure if you try and, like, have a, what do they call it, like, extreme body makeover, 38 days. Like, it just doesn't work. We have to, we don't have enough time. We don't have enough money. We have to actually live like humans in this crazy world where a Gillette ad makes people really angry. I mean, I mean fun fact, mild spoilers, I know you'll get to it at some point. Um, good Place, I think, wrapped up. The third season? Okay. I think they might have wrapped it up. One thing I did not know was that the uh, the Mike Shore has said that his whole, like, the guiding philosophy of The Good Place mm-hmm. is every four episodes, it's something else. Right. Like, it changes every four episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically, among many other things in the season, one of the things they realize is that the point system is broken. Right. Because if you looked at somebody in, like, you know... 1862 basically michael has the book of dugs okay at one point and he's trying to make the argument that like nobody can get into the good place anymore on the point system anymore we don't know why initially they think just like the bad place is fucking with it right um but then he like compares michael starts comparing some of the you know acts in there and it's like doug whoever in 1800 bought some flowers to his grandmother on her birthday yeah got like plus four points Doug, whoever in 19 or like 2004 did the exact same thing, but because he bought him at a grocery store that used pesticides that left a carbon footprint, he lost 60 points right. for doing the exact same thing because it's every decision has, you know, a million ramifications untold, yeah, unconsidered uh, consequences. Yeah. Um, <laughs> sorry, I just remembered a bit from the last episode. <laughs> The judge goes down for like two seconds yeah. to earth yeah. or like to see what it's like because she's not really buying this this excuse. And yeah. It's like, well, just go see what it is. And she comes back. I only think she'll be gone for it, But, you know, time doesn't work the same way. So she's back like instantly. And it's my Rudolph plays the judge, right? Yes. It's like, Apparently I'm black <laughs> and they do not like black ladies down there, y'all. <laughs> oh, uh, my Rudolph, you national treasure. And yeah, watch The Good Place. But yeah, that's all you can do is just your best do your best so try little things i'm trying to like drink more water cut out refined sugar you know honey is a sugar yeah i know deborah that honey is a sugar but i am having a bad day and this is my instead of eating again a box of cookies or a cake i'm having one spoonful of sugar in my tea you know let it go you know what i didn't realize what when you know when my throat was exploding yeah. last week because i had the audacity to do my laundry <laughs> right um, <laughs> What the my, fuck were you thinking, Jordan? <laughs> my throat exploded for for a week. Um, I went out and I got some I got some honey. Yeah. But it was like, you know, organic honey. Yeah. Imagine my surprise to realize that actual honey actually ain't that tasty. Are you kidding me? I love organic honey. Like the actual organic honey? Yeah. It tastes like, like m- gritting actual like flower petals like between Manuka your teeth. Honey? Uh, girl, I don't know. Oh, you can yes. have you can have some on break when we make your tea. Like yeah, I still I'm have some excited. left. Just having to pour that down my throat to try to like yeah. Oh God, soothe me. <laughs> soothe my body. Soothe me. Um, you do your best, and sometimes you also, you know, go out to the federal in Toronto for brunch with Chris Kozak's wife. 
because she's between she's starting a new job next week and has a week off and yeah. it's like let's just uh go have fun and you get a fucking eggs benny with some sort of mushroom cream sauce ladled all over it you just go do your best enjoy your life yeah. enjoy your life responsibly damn right Oh, is there anything out there in the universe, Katie Mac, that's worth discussing? Um, one, I've been trying to cook lately, and last week we did a Niçois salad, and it turned out very good. Okay. I was very excited. I meant more like nerd shit, but I'm happy yeah, your salad I know. turned out well. I just, I think people would care, <laughs> because I usually don't cook. Actually, Chris and I did it together. Teamwork. Senior correspondent, Chris and I. Um, and it turned out really well. If you d- look it up, easy Niçois salad. It's like super easy. It's really good for you. Um, anyways, uh, two things. One, second season trailer for American Gods, finally. Oh, okay. Yeah, it uh, looks very good. Um, and they kind of hint at maybe what they're going to be doing with media, because from what I remember, Jillian left us. Is that right? Jillian Anderson? That's right. Jillian. Girl, I don't know. You watched it. I didn't. X-Files. Redhead. What about it? Yeah, that's her name. Yeah, she. I'm pretty sure she left. Okay. Which was very... She's got like four other shows right now. She's on that sex therapist show. She's... When did she... Did she like move to England? Why is she in everything English? Now? I don't know. Well, she did The Fall. We know that. Yeah. Which was amazing. Um, and apparently there's a second season of The Fall. Anyways. Um, but so they kind of hinted at that. So I think that's going to be good. Um, and then I... She's also playing Thatcher on the next season of The Crown. Is she? Yes. Really? <laughs> it just came out oh. recently. No wonder she left American Gods getting all these offers um and i just i haven't actually watched it yet but be, we know how much i love mystery shows there's a new nancy drew mystery show and i'm kind of psyched Zuh. Zuh? It's my <laughs> didn't bart say that it's not bart simpson is he was like to amplify his stupidity he said somebody said something to him he just went <laughs> um the more mystery shows the better the world needs them um they they make you observe things more in the world. Anyways, so that's like my... The, I know there's a bunch of other stuff going on. There's like... But I uh, see, when people get really amped for like, look at these costumes that are going to be in the new Avengers movie. I'm just kind of like, uh Like, I'm excited for the new Avengers movie, but I don't really care about the possible costumes that they might be wearing and who's wearing what and who doesn't have a costume and what that means for the future. Oh, Tom Holland was in, like, a noir costume for two seconds of the Far From Home trailer, though, Caitlin. Yeah, but also, watch the Far From Home trailer. That was interesting. I didn't realize that they were going to just, like, set it on the school trip before everything <laughs> the, the happened. Spider-Man's European vacation. Yeah, I was really surprised. And it kind of looks great because, you know, Nick Fury is there. Um, yeah, I was not expecting it to be, like... Not that far from home as in, like, space. <laughs> I was not expecting far from home Paris. So, yeah, that was actually pretty cool. Is it Paris or Rome? Oh, whatever. <laughs> just, European you, Whatever, Europe. Europe Don't you have more place. old shit? Europe. I, mean, I thought they were doing, like, a couple places, but anyways. Uh, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. There you go. I feel, though, like, nothing will ever beat, like, Into the Spider-Verse. Like, nothing. It's the best Spider-Man movie there is. Hands down. Hands down. Yeah. Only thing I saw that was interesting, I guess, and I'm I'm speaking delicately around it because it's like ongoing and also a minefield, is uh, I don't know much about 
the anime online community. I don't know who these YouTubers are. I don't know who these Anna Twitter personalities are. Okay. But uh, some shit went down with a anime Twitter person named uh, Hazakari, who apparently, uh, unbeknownst to his, you know, 20-something friends and colleagues, yeah, liked to get weird with, you know, 17-year-old anime fans oh. and whatnot. Allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. Okay. But a lot of people have been coming out and telling their stories about this dude just generally being uh, a creeper. Um. To be fair, an anime personality is a person who has like 2,100 followers on Twitter. Like that, that's, that's what we're dealing with here. Right, is okay. Anime personality. But this has sparked kind of a like, you know, when is the Time's Up movement coming to anime? Like, <laughs> when, like when is that happening? <laughs> so people have been speaking out a little more about people, but it's been a real sort of up and down thing where uh, on the one hand, a lot of people have been saying a lot more about um don't want to look at the name right here but he's the voice of uh he's one of Funimation's like top voice actors okay his name is Vic Vic Magnola Magnana something like that he did the voice of uh, Edward Elric yes Vic, Vic Mignogna 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 apparently he gets real creepy at cons uh this has oh. been a known this has been a known thing for a long ass time of course it has um many claims of him just being creepy with youngins at cons and things like that people speaking out more about that um and somebody attempted to start a shitty media men list but like for anime right so anonymous doc yeah not really sourced nothing really verified it's just claims you're taking it on faith that people are going to be honest noble endeavor yeah at the same time though you have someone like the current uh, anime News Network answer man, a guy named Justin Savikas, right. who apparently for a long stretch of his recent memory uh, had been sort of stalked and harassed by a woman who promptly threw his name up on the uh, shitty anime right. men list. And, uh, you know, a bunch of people had to come to his like defense, defense and, you know, sort of obviously nobody's going to believe him if he, sa- if he says it because um, yeah. we believe women, which we should. It's just a minefield, y'all. And it is. it is. And watching this shit play out over Anna Twitter this week that I'm not even like a you know full fledged like member of. Right. I just I follow a few of them and a few things come across my desk. But apparently, uh, Anime News Network, a couple of reporters there have basically announced they're now like you know petitioning stories. They are investigating this. Nothing has come out yet, but I mean they are actively working. To, look into to do things. like your Ronan Farrow style story about the shitty people in the anime industry, yeah, and you know people who harass cosplayers and tell young seventeen year olds to come hang up in their rooms and shit, or you know give booze to underagers and. Th- I mean, I mean, I think because anime has so many female artists and fans um, and people involved and. In, getting more and more involved in the community, they're going to be better off with the sort of start of the movement to try and figure things out a little bit, right? Try and make things better. Something like video games, I don't think that's ever going to happen. That's just a that's just a lost 
I, I mean, I, I want it to happen. Of course I do. But it just, just thinking about it makes me tired. <laughs> I just. Three, three minutes, Kate. Yeah. <laughs> three. So three tired. Minutes, three minutes in and out. My eye twitch is coming back. Like. Um, but I mean, I don't know how you like, yes, this sort of thing, consideration, I hesitate to use it, a reckoning needs to come. Right. To anime as a whole. But how do you avoid things like false accusations are rarely a thing, but they can be a thing sometimes. And you don't want that to pull down the legitimate, you know, reasons why this should occur. Mm -hmm. This woman who stalked and harassed Justin Savikas, you know, hops on there and says he stalks her. Yeah. And you know, harassed her or whatever, the immediate inclination would be like, what, really, that dude? Then you come back and be like, no, not that dude. She's got a history of being a little, little less than forthcoming. Right. Less than honest with, uh, with the things she says. Um, or how, like, you mentioned it, we cut it, but I can bring it back, Kate. I can bring (laughs) it back. Um, like that story earlier this month with the Overwatch player who was, you know, a female Overwatch player who got harassed said she was quitting because yeah. she got harassed um which is a thing that happens to women who play video games all yeah. the time all the time then you find out that this person was not a woman and no. was just maybe doing some kind of like art project about how women are harassed on online yeah that doesn't help no no it doesn't please don't please don't because <laughs> then the next time a woman legitimately says i quit playing Overwatch or League of Legends or whatever because dudes are assholes and yeah. bully me off, the first response is going to be, how do I even know you're a woman? Yeah. How do I even know you're a woman? In that voice. How do I even like know you're a woman? No! How do you know you're a woman? How do you know you're a woman? Don't be dicks. Don't be dicks. I've been thinking about that lately. Just don't be dick. Just don't be a dick yeah it's so easy and this goes we're talking about like men and women don't be a dick just in general like i don't know where you find the energy to be a dick like i have so much to do you guys like and even just sometimes when i think about stuff i just want to sit down just like think about sexism in video games i just want to sit (laughs) just want want to have a sit yep have a long have a long sit yep well Updates. Updates. Um, first, we need to talk about uh, something that I was disappointed in, which was a book mm. I was reading called A Discovery of Witches. Deborah Harkness. Yeah. Very well known. Came out ages ago. I know. I know I'm slow on the bandwagon. Well, or not, because I didn't like it. What is up with romance in books? <laughs> Guys, what's up with romance? Yeah. I mean... You would prefer it was not there? No. Well, it, you know what? That would have been amazing. <laughs> um, there was, like, great history in it and some really good things and lots about Oxford. and But then there's just, like, a rich vampire. And, Ew. Right? Ew. And, like, they know each they, – they actually said it in the book several times. They've only known each other for, like, a couple weeks. And they're like, you're my one true love. I'm going to live with you forever. Oh, We're twist. meant to be. We're soulmates. And I'm just like. 
Um, I was like, how about they, it's a slow burn. Let's have a nice, real slow burn. Let's have them, like, partner up and get to know each other. Finish the thought. What? And solve mysteries. And solve mysteries. <laughs> Just want people to partner up and solve mysteries. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> um, that's, yeah, that's what I want. Uh, okay, I actually have to, this is segue. Yesterday, playing Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. Usually, uh, we have a regular DM named Luke. He's awesome. And, but, um, he's been very sick and super busy. So, uh, senior correspondent Chris took over DMing. Mm -hmm. Uh, and they like talk about things a lot and make sure that it's going the way, uh, Luke would like. Um, but Chris has a different style. And, and for me, he put in a puzzle and I like immediately was like, oh my God, it's a lock. Freaked out. Jordan's giving me such a withering look right now. Um, but it was so good and so freaking exciting. Um, so thanks to senior correspondent Chris for knowing how much I love mysteries and puzzles. Because I'm a Ravenclaw. Um, back to the story. About the story. Um, Discovery Witches was terrible. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were some like good parts to it, but then there was this really stupid romance, and I was getting really angry. And then there were these like tangents about things that like didn't matter. And then the fact that they'd only known each other for like five days, and they were like soulmates. Stupid. I was like, maybe she has some terrible habits that you don't know about. Maybe she like bites her nails or. Leaves, I don't know, gross, snotty tissues around. I don't know. You don't know after a week. You haven't lived together yet. You don't know. Stupid. Have them go on. It's a trilogy. Have them go on this great adventure. adventure, And then by like the third book, they like dig each other. And it's just so much more realistic. And have a really good like strong bond. Oh, and then she's like the craziest Mary Sue. She's like... She's the most magical magic magician witch ever to witch. And she's amazing. And she had all these special powers. And she knows how to ride a horse. I was like, oh, for fuck's sake. I'm bored already. Right? Anyways, that was my rant about uh, Discovery of Witches. Shots fired! Shots fired! Yeah. Come at me. I don't care. Let's, let's go. Okay, he's pointing let's at the second go. item. I took a pause because I was going to say, but something that I didn't expect to like, uh oh, that I loved, was Titans. Woo! Woo! Fuck Batman, oh, y'all. Fuck <laughs> Batman. Oh my god. Okay. So Titans was is is was is the unlet yet another adaptation of the. Uh, the Teen Titans, yep. Young Justice, Teen Titans Go, whatever. Them characters, you know them, you love them. You're Robin, you're Starfire, you're Beast Boy, you're Raven. Yep. You're Cyborg, all that business. Cyborg Maybe not Cyborg. Not, Cy- not Cyborg. Cyborg. Cyborg's in the actual film stuff, so. Yeah. Um, and this was the, in the States, going to the DC Unlimited thing, or the DC, yeah. whatever. Yeah, it wasn't on TV, which yeah. is why in the trailer you saw Robin, which I didn't know, Kate told me later it was, it was Jason Todd, not he Dick Grayson. not. Oh. It, but that comes up. Robin says, fuck Batman. Yeah. And everybody saw that and went like, whoa, whoa. like I'm literally melting into my seat. Just yeah. like, what? Why? Why? I don't need fucking dark and gritty Titans. Like this is the last yeah. thing anybody in their life needed. But hit, hit old Canadian Netflix this week. Yeah. I knew somebody was going to be up on it. 
So now I want to hear what that, that somebody has to say. I'm the somebody. Um, so I was expecting like CW-ish, but dark and gritty. Yeah. Like, like, do like a, I was expecting Arrow yeah. or, or <laughs> who's the other one? Flash. Flash. Um, no. No. Oh my God. It's so violent. Oh God. It was amazing. Like people's faces full on like get blown up and I... Like don't you know. see a body that's like without bones, um, and it's all like weird and bleh, huh. and like it, like it's violent and amazingly violent, and that's kind of the story is that um, it is Dick Grayson who is the main Robin, but he is struggling with that role. He's str- he had left about a year ago being Batman sidekick um, because he's just like super into violence. He's having a problem. He's not my dick. Well, yeah, he's, he plays a really good Dick Grayson. Um, Jason Todd does show up as Dick's replacement. Um, And Dick sort of like wrestles with that. Like it's taken Batman under a year. Like Dick left and literally like a couple weeks later, (laughs) Uh, uh, Jason Todd was the new Robin. Very different. Um, Jason Todd, you can see he's like a little bit reckless, a little bit not as smart as Dick Grayson. Um, You can see something happening leading up to probably Dick Grayson becoming Nightwing. Mm. Um, But there's a lot of interesting things they did with it. And we know how much I like when they take properties and they do something interesting with it. Um, They have a very interesting Starfire. Um, She actually has some of that like flirty sexuality, but she's older. So they didn't make a 14 year old be gross. Uh, She's like, you know, in her, she's late twenties, early thirties. The Raven was a, she's a great Raven, but they've like aged. She's, you know, 15. Um, uh, Dick Grayson and Starfire are almost 30 and, uh, Beast Boys, I think he's about like 18 or so, 17. Mm. Um, so they did a really good dynamic. They made this sort of like mom, dad, and kids thing, uh, which I thought was really fun. Um, you also got, got to see the Doom Patrol. I was going to say sidebar. Yeah. It says, I'm just looking, I want to see if this was, was part of their Berlanti verse mm-hmm. and yes, Berlanti, uh, did develop this one with Jeff Johnson and Kiva Goldsman. Yeah. Uh, and it's a spin-off Doom Patrol. And I thought on one of the Netflix promos, I saw somebody who looked an awful lot like Robot Man. It is Robot in Man. In there. Played by Brendan Fraser. I don't have a, <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't have a record scratch. I think, <laughs> I think I broke Jordan. <laughs> I'm, so, <laughs> I'm sorry, what? Yeah. Played by Brendan Fraser. Oh my God. Yeah. I'm very excited. Um... It looks like it's good. Like, Doom Patrol looks like it's going to be fun. I know that Doom Patrol adds a couple of characters um, to their lineup. Uh, but, yeah, they're introduced. Um, you learn a lot about Hawk and Dove. That's a great storyline. That kind of goes off a bit. So you watched all of it? I watched all of it in, like, two days. Like, it was a bad. Nothing got done. I was like, I want to see people's heads explode more. Or, like... Violence and blood. I have an issue. Um, we know this. Um, so, the only problem was the last episode was not very good. Mm. But 
you could tell they wanted people to binge. You could tell that they were doing a second season. They left it on a cliffhanger. Um, so I will be watching next season. It was really good. The writing was great. It was snappy. Um, sidebar, just speaking of like web stuff. Yeah. Uh, a lot of Star Trek news this week for you. Yes. Oh, yeah. I, f- I saw the premiere episode of Star Trek and the um, and the shorts. I didn't even know any of that. Oh, okay, so um, is Discovery back? Like season Discovery's two started. Back. Um, it's now on Thursday nights. Um, though because it's streaming, it it cut out a couple yeah, times. Yeah. So what we think we might do is go. My group. This is my housemates and <laughs> senior. The my housemates and senior cor- correspondent Chris and I might do Sundays so we can just like make sure we can go back. And yeah. it skips anything. Um, before that they did this release though, they let out a couple, uh, short, like each month. Right, right. Um, and they were really good. Uh, one of them was very actually Black Mirror-ish. Hmm. Um, but still, it, they were all really interesting. Um, Tilly, I think, is still everyone's favorite character. Um, it was a great first episode. I'm really looking forward to the season. Um. News that Hall of Famer Michelle Yeoh. Well, get her own Star Trek series. Yes, um, I haven't looked into that at all. I mean, I know a little bit about it. It's just going to be about the whatever Black Ops. Yes. So there, sector what? Uh, Section what? Sector forty-seven. Section yeah, forty-seven. <laughs> I can't remember. They can show up in um, D Space Nine a lot. And your first shot of uh, Old Man Picard. Really? Hit the internet? Yeah. Oh my god, haven't seen that. It's called Star Trek Destiny, I think, and it's just. This is him. He got a goatee. He's standing there. What? He's in a uniform. Goatee? Yeah. Oh, I wonder if it's the mirror universe. Oh. 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 <laughs> this is the only type of speculating I like to do, folks. Um. So, yeah. It was, yeah, great. I'm really excited. I love Star Trek. Woo. Um, I did not really, I feel like I didn't really consume much this week. Um. I did make a concerted effort to... Uh, go back and catch up on Crime Town, yep. which I hadn't been listening to for a while because it's on Spotify, which means it's not like in my feed. Yeah, Chauncey doesn't bring me Crime Town. I have to go. And, I have to go and get it. And you know how hard that is. So hard, you guys. Thank God we bring it to you every week. Yeah. Um, Crime Town's dope. Getting into the stuff that I more remember about um, uh, Kwame Kilpatrick getting elected, right? Um, and what sort of brought him down so to speak um i don't know exactly what did it but i mean it's very this season is better because it has the um benefit of like the first season which was all about rhode island and buddy cianci like yeah. buddy cianci had passed yes um they were going by using archival stuff they talked to kwame a lot like yeah. kwame's in jail um and they talked to him a lot and <laughs> here's Here's what I'm learning. You can bear with me, y'all. Okay. I'm embracing myself. <laughs> learning this from the other thing I'm watching, too. The women will always bring you down. Oh. Oh. Wow. I mean, Kwame's wife wanted a navigator. Now, maybe Kwame didn't have to use city funds to get her a navigator. Right. And didn't have to be shady about it when he got asked about it. Right. Kwame's wife wanted a fancy Lincoln navigator. Did Kwame not have any other money? I don't know. Maybe not. The other story that surrounded him at the time was this, um, this, the the thing, the show kind of, it definitely presents a much more 
sympathetic. Right. They humanize. Yes, they they definitely humanize them. And what they point out a lot of, and I can certainly say this having, you know, lived down there and witnessed this at the time, was like the coverage was fucking brutal to him. The media just destroyed him every chance they could get because he was brandished by no less than Russell Simmons, Mm -hmm. the, quote, hip-hop mayor. He was young. He was dark-skinned. He was, like, 6'2", 280. Like, so he was a, you know, he dressed flamboyantly. They they spent a lot of time mentioning when he was on television at a, uh, at, like, the Santa Claus parade. Right. And the person speaking is, like, his chief of staff. And he gets on stage and he's like, brought his kids to see Santa and he's in like a like a leather pelly pelly jacket. <laughs> and the chief of staff is like, I'm just sitting there watching, like, why no? Why are you out there in the pelly pelly? Um because he just he just was who he was. Right. And he wouldn't his message was his messaging was solid and the things he wanted to do were solid, but Really, kind of racist coverage at the time. This was oh three oh four maybe, um, which doesn't seem that long ago. But, but I, mean, was, I guess it was. Um, and he also used to wear a, a diamond stud a lot. And they ask him, you know, what was the deal with the earring? He always used to wear this earring. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of people didn't like that. <laughs> he's flossy, bling bling, and like he's all he's all flash, right? There's, right. No, there's nothing. There's no substance there. And the story he tells on the show is like. That earring was made out of, like, the first wedding ring he bought for his wife. Right. And then with the promise, you know, one day I'm going to buy you, I'm going to buy you a bigger diamond. And then he did. And they took the first one and made the earring out of it. So right. It was like, it was like having her with me. And what'd they do to you? The women brought you down. <laughs> the women brought you down. Women brought you down. Um, and also, apparently, the, the the main controversy, which they have not said one way or the other that this actually happened yet in the show. Right. I don't recall if it was ever proven or not. Was that there are all these rumors about this, like... Essentially, you know, picture like a Puff Daddy party okay, at the mayor's mansion. Right. That somebody's like, somebody's birthday party and there were strippers and whatever. And the stripper was giving a lap dance to Kwame and Kwame's wife came back and bottled her with a, <laughs> with a champagne bottle type of thing. Right. Women will bring you down. Well, you also, though, you, you brought yourself down <laughs> at that point. You nobody know, told Carlita to smack, smack a stripper with a champagne bottle. But also... Don't have a stripper if you know your wife's going to get mad about it. Have a conversation. Communicate. Communicate. If you saw senior correspondent with a stripper on his lap, would you would you bottle the stripper? No. Would you bottle senior correspondent? <laughs> no. I mean, you're real tech to that. See? Yeah, exactly. Unless, be mad. Be, absolutely be mad. Unless we had a conversation about it. And he was like, hey, <laughs> we're going to this thing. I've never been to a strip club before. This is the thing I want to try. And I'd probably wrestle with it for a bit. But then I'd be like, eh, you only live once. Okay. That's fine, I guess. Or, you know, who loves boobs more than Caitlin McKinnon? Right. Very few people. <laughs> boobs are great. <laughs> Um, you bring Katie Mack. Oh no! With you. No, you don't no. want. No, I because I still, I still, I don't want to see it. Right? I'm not. I'm not. I still like you know, cardigans and like tea. Right? Sorry. Something for the people who made it. Who made it this long in the episode? Um, I can count on one hand the amount of times I've been to a strip club. Fun fact: Windsor, Ontario. Yeah. At when I was there, <laughs> highest ratio strip club per capita. Really? Anywhere? Anywhere in the country? Oh. Possibly the world, possibly North America. Oh my God! There's only like 200,000 people there, but like 20 strip clubs. Oh, um, okay. Tijuana, the North. Woo, woo. Um, 
the I, so if I can count on one hand the amount of times I've been in a strip club, I can count on you know four fingers the amount of times I've actually had like you know private yeah. dances, lap dances, what have you. Um, I am an awkward only child. Yeah. I thought, you know, it's rude. Treat them like a human. Yeah. Look at their face when they're dancing. <laughs> Damn, son. <laughs> oh. Fun fact. Real creepy to a stripper <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if you're not looking at her tits and ass. Yeah. They would greatly... It took a stripper moving my head <laughs> and putting her ass in, in my face <laughs> for me to be like, oh, oh, oh. oh. She, I'm probably real fucking creepy right now. <laughs> so sorry about Good that. Good job, dummy. Um, so Crime Town, yeah. Um, it's been dope. Super fast, super fast episodes. Um, half an hour in and out. Uh, they might be wrapping up. I think they just dropped episode 13. Um, so they'll probably be wrapping up soon. Shouts to going out every episode to... Detroit Institution, Fat Cat, got me real excited when I heard when I heard that. Yeah, shouts to Ronnie Euro. Um, and apparently, I only ever watch this show when it's really late at night. <laughs> like you listen to Crime Town late at night. Like I listen to Crime Town late at night, and then on my nights off, I you know some nights, some days, I'm like fuck it from a mix of you know writer panic and depression and everything else. Yeah. It's like, well, uh, 11 a.m. This is a good time to go to bed. And I pass out and I get up at six and I reply to a couple of messages from Kate and then I go back to bed <laughs> and then I wake up and I watch the thing that Caitlin gave me and I'm like, I'm not tired yet. What am I going to watch? Narcos! Uh, yes, Narcos. At 2 a.m. Um, so I'm like two thirds through Narcos and it's still fine. It's still fine. All right. Well, you Michael know. Michael Pena, you still suck. Your you character still sucks. You know what I was thinking of today? Was it Narcos? It was not Narcos. <laughs> it was actually the fact that Jordan... There hasn't been a Borgen break in a real long time. There really hasn't. And is Borgen better than Narcos? Borgen's definitely more interesting than Narcos, yeah. I think you should get back on the Borgen. But it's trip. like it's like whiskey versus soda, right? It's just like oh, okay, yeah, yeah, I get that. Narcos is soda. Like Narcos is just like mmm. <laughs> Pour that sweet stuff down. Pa- my Pablo had a cameo. Pablo showed up. Had oh. a moment of Felix and. And Pablo having their having their chat together, nice. As they they move from from weed to cocaine distribution, right? Cocaine has now finally made its made its way. Yeah. Um, and just how like disinterested the U.S. State Department was in rustling any Mexican feathers at that time. Ha! Huh. <laughs> Things have sure have changed. <laughs> oh, <Ooh. laughs> if only we had a wall then. <laughs> wow idiots um so yeah <laughs> crime town and narcos that's really <laughs> all i've been in all i've had time to be into this week and uh it's yeah. a dark place you're in it's really dark it's, time of it's year real it's real bad right now yeah yeah well i guess i'll go eat some candy i can't and, I'm, and i don't have any i guess i'll go have some juicy drink i'll go have a banana we make another pot of coffee and when we'll come back we'll talk about the things caitlin and i brought each other very different this week very musical Musical episode. Yep. I was trying to think of something that was like, kind of like the music I like, and there's nothing. <laughs> there was nothing. There's a... So I was like, musicals, that's it. I'll give him a musical. Yeah. Yeah. And she did. I did. We'll talk about that when we come back.
everyone, and welcome back to the show. This is the half of the show where we talk about the things we brought each other, and we are back to format after like a month. Should plug the iPad back in. Probably. Bam. Yeah. Punched in your face. What format? <laughs> format. Punch. Um, before we get started talking about the things we brought each other, we have some rules. Yeah, we do. The first one is the rule of three, which is the rule that we will... Watch three episodes. Parts, installments. Parts, installments. Consume three. Issues, chapters. Of the things to sort of figure out what this thing is trying to become. What are you trying to become, thing? Because it takes probably more than one. Usually a pilot's pretty rough or you kind of get a taste for something. Listen, if you ran up to me on the street and went, who are you? Yeah. I hope you wouldn't form your judgment based on like the first thing that came out of my mouth. But a lot of people do, and that's why George doesn't have that many friends. Uh... <laughs> His face is just... Uh... Shots fired to me. Yes, to you. Um, but thankfully, I'm not like that, and here we are. <laughs> <laughs> um, second rule. Hashtag save it for the pod. We will not talk about the things we brought each other until we are sitting in front of these microphones because we want you guys to have the very freshest of takes. The things we're talking about may not be brand spanking new, but we want our takes to be. So fresh and so hot. hot. Yeah. So we don't talk about the thing on Facebook uh, Messenger, even if we do want to, and yell at each other about stuff. Just all the yelling. All the yelling. All the time. Um, but we save that for here and for you. Like you. <laughs> Look at you. Look at you. Uh, third rule is not so much a rule, it's more of a policy, is that there will be spoilers Lots and lots of spoilers. Who cares? Yeah. These things are not... One's really old. One you really can't spoil because it's history. So, <laughs> you know, we're fine. Um, if, though, you don't want to know about anything at all, you need to hit the road, Jack. Um, and we'll see you next episode. Bye. Bye. Um, but now, to start off things... To, to start of things. To, to start off things, Jordan is going to talk about the things he br- thing he brought me. Mentioned it last week, and really sort of uh, kind of hammered home when I finally watched the last episode. Right. I did this one. Uh, I I broke rule one to a certain extent mm-hmm. here because when I saw the final episode of the second season, I told Kate, "Watch that thing, but watch the last episode, and then watch." Whatever other episodes you want. Right. You don't even really have to go in order with this. You yeah. can bounce in and out. I've bounced in and out. As said before, I started on the second season, then bounced back to the first, and then watched the watched the last one. And for one element in particular at the front of the episode, I was like, well, wow. got to make sure Kate watches that one. Yeah. Um, what are we talking about? We are talking about a program that has come up on the show before, Hip Hop Evolution, which is a 2016, started in 2016, uh, documentary series. That originally aired on I'm oh, sorry, it originally aired on HBO Canada in 2016. Now it is on Netflix. Hosted by the Canadian rapper and broadcaster Shad, the series profiles the history of hip hop music through interviews with many of the genre's leading cultural figures. Produced by Russell Peters, Scott McFadden, Sam Dunn, and Nelson George, it won the 2016 Peabody Award and the 2017 International Emmy for Best Arts Programming. Huh. Award-winning program. Um, in total, there have been eight episodes, four per season. Really kind of zeroes in on either an era or an area mm-hmm. and talks to not everybody, but 90% of the people you want to hear from. Right. 
uh, in these in these sort of stories. And we have talked a lot about Rapidy Rap, Rapidy Rap on this show over the years. It's one of the you know foundational things of my cultural appreciation. And a lot of times when we get into these things, whether it's a dramatization or a biopic, Kate is always kind of like, "That's fine." I enjoyed it. Yeah. But you don't have to do, you don't have to do all that. Like it's, it's the story enough is it's amazing, good enough. It's amazing on its own. You it's, know, it, to me, it's like when they try and so that new movie, the, I can't remember what it's called now. It's, you know, the Mary Queen of Scots and Elizabeth, like they made all these changes mm, to make yeah, it yeah. more dramatic. It's dramatic on its own. You don't need to make any historical changes to the story. Um, you don't because it's just so compelling. Um, sorry, continue. So Kate loves the history, and this was doing a lot of the things, telling a lot of the stories that we have seen dramatized yes. in other forms, whether it was you know the Get Down or Roxanne, Roxanne, or what have you. Yep. But this is with the actual people. And the reason why I said to Kate, basically starts off New York in the early earlies, mm-hmm. Grandmaster Flash, Cool Herc, uh, the Cold Crush Brothers, start of Sugar Hill Records, all that sort of thing. Yeah. Run, Run DMC, obviously. Then it kind of veers out by the end of the first season. You're getting into Ice-T, NWA, birth of gangster rap in the West sort of thing. Season two plays it a little looser, bounces around to the South, Miami, Texas. I think the second episode of that series is the Bay Area, Oakland, um, which is like Too Short, Digital Underground, all that era. And then ends the season back to New York in what they what is considered the golden age, kind of like 88 to 94, which is the Native Tongues, De La Soul, Trap Call Quest, and the start of, you know, Biggie and Nas in that era as well. Yeah. Um, but the reason I was like, yo, you got to watch this episode. The second they brought out the Roosevelt record yes. convention, I was yeah. like, okay, we're going in. This is the one. <laughs> so I basically told Kate, you got to watch that last episode and pick any other two there, you want. There's this moment where Shad is like, it's called Diggin'. I was like, oh, Shad, you don't need to tell me that. I know it's called Diggin' for record. The last episode really digs into the art of hunting for samples and how these dudes found samples back in the day, including this, like, the infamous Kid Capri story about renting a room at yeah. the hotel so we could get in early before anyone I else love, did. So they do this really, I think, fantastic thing where they cut it between, like, snippets of, of Shad talking to people and just, like, them on the screen talking um, pictures, like old pictures of all these people at these shows and little drawings as well. Yeah, they use a lot of illustrations and kind um, of animated things. And there's just this illustration of him, like, in a robe and, like, slippers, like, going down to the record <laughs> show. Uh, I thought that was really fun. So anyway, before we start talking about all that, just, yeah. you have said this is sort of something you've wanted for a long time. Mm-hmm. Did this come through for you? Absolutely. All right. 100%. <laughs> um, I have some very unfortunate news, though. What is that? I only got to watch two episodes. Oh, God. Well, I um, mean, they're pretty long. 
I didn't realize they're they're close to an hour. Um, I thought they might be a little bit shorter, but um, I was devastated because I was like, I finished my second episode and I was like, oh, I just want more. <laughs> did you bounce back to the beginning or did um, you? I did um, because I I was really so the episode name the second season last episode is called uh, New York State of Mind. That's the season two last episode. Yes. Um, it was really fascinating, um, and then I. Uh, went to because that first episode we talked about it how we've already seen sort of that stuff from the get down and um and uh hip-hop family tree and right, stuff right, right, right. um the season i watched was the second season of season one which is the underground to mainstream okay um which that was so fascinating <laughs> um I loved it. And there was this really funny moment because I always joke about Blondie and that rap. Right, right. Um, but they talk about that rap and that actually Blondie had met Grandmaster Flash, right? Yeah. And had like said, hey, I want to write the song about you and put him in this song and and brought it to a broader audience. So they were like... Flash is fast. Flash is cool. Yeah. And... and tried to be like, hey, this is this amazing art form that's going on. White people have a listen. Yeah, the second episode deals where basically it hip hop moved downtown. Yeah. Um, from the outer boroughs into like Manhattan. Mm-hmm. And how the punk kids kind of gravitated to it a little bit. Yeah, it um, was it, they, it was the alternative as one I can't remember who said it, but you know, punk was the alternative to rock and uh hip hop was the alternative to disco. To disco, right. Um which I thought was really fascinating. Um, is that when they were talking? Oh, was that that the episode where they were talking about like the first like, like DJ Hollywood, like the first yes. uh, the first guys who kind of like rapped on the mic type of thing? Yeah, it's of Russell Simmons basically giving DJ Hollywood his his props for being one of the first like you know rappers. Yeah. Um, that was like at the very beginning when they were talking about right. like I walked in and there was this DJ going like a hip hop, hip 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 hop, and you don't stop, mm-hmm. uh, that kind of thing. And then also the Sugar Hill Gang and, like, how that one guy, like, stole raps. <laughs> ripped, and everyone is, like, um, throwing shade. Because nothing was, you know, no one thought the idea of, like, putting out a record is actually a thing that could, like, happen. happen. This was party stuff. Um, or, like, battling. Yeah. Um, and Kaz is still, Grandmaster Kaz from the Cold Crush Brothers is still, to this day, one of the best best just rappers in the world well like, even just like knowing more about like the cold crush brothers right mm, and how like they had that probably a name you hadn't really like heard before oh and they had this battle and yeah the they the other team on the battle the, the fab five was, was that, that was that bambata's crew or like i can't remember I think but it was. they they like won it but then when the the, the tapes. tapes came out of the battle everyone was like who is the cold crush crew because their rhymes and beats they were solid like the other band was a great live performance yes uh and the, had, gr- like, the girls loved them see the yes. women, women will bring you down <laughs> jesus christ this is gonna be a thing now i just know it no it's not um but really the music the cold crush brothers music was better and that again all of this was like fascinating and well done and I love it when they just, like, they'll put everyone's name up on the screen because we know how white I am. I don't know who these people are. Um, like, I know, like, out of, like, ten people, I'll maybe know one. I'm like, hey, I know who you are. I listen to your music. Um, or I know them from things I've seen. Um, but just, I just find music history fascinating. And um, And, I mean, I don't know who greased the wheels on this, if it was, like... 
HBO money or oh, Russell Peters or what, but like they get everyone. Like yeah. they talk to Russell Simmons, but the only person they didn't talk to that was lacking was Nas. Right. Um, they spend a lot of time talking about Elmatic in that episode yeah. and just how important Elmatic was to New and York like, and rap. And I, I didn't even know that. Like I know Elmatic, I know that name, I know Nas, right? Mm. But. I didn't know how important it was. I didn't know why Biggie was so important. Like, that stuff was just so interesting. Um, like, the thing with Nas just being, like, the start of, like, oh, it doesn't just have to be one producer. No. Like, I, th- I think a lot of people might have been pissed at the time because it just didn't occur to them first. But, like, yeah. you know, Gangstar, everything was done by DJ yeah. Premier. Tribe Called Quest, everything was done by... Q-Tip and a little bit of Ali. It was always a producer and an MC. Yeah. And that producer did everything. Pete Rock and Seal Smooth. Pete Rock did all the beats on that. Nas and the people around Nas were like, well, we don't, why do we got to pick one? Yeah. Nas e- was everyone, like, this is my, I'm making an album. This is my chance. I'm going to get everybody. And everybody wants to work with Nas. So yeah. get some Q-Tip songs. Get some Premiere songs. Get some Large Pro songs. Get a Pete Rock song. Like, yeah. oh, you can just get all of the best producers at once? Well, it's done. It's like, <laughs> yeah. it's a wrap. Like, um, And then just finding out, like, Wu-Tang, right? And Long Island and all of that. Staten Island. Staten, sorry, Staten <laughs> Island. I'm one of the islands. You see? People don't know, People right? People don't know. And, like, I didn't even know there was a place called Shaolin on Staten <laughs> Island. Like, I'm like, oh, this is kind of making sense now. Um, that was really interesting. Um, and I, I don't know. I just, I absolutely loved it. And I can't wait to watch more. It's very well produced. Looks very, that's what I was most surprised by. It was just how good it looks. Yeah. yeah. Um, Production value is very, very good. And, you know, when you have the money to license all the music and you can get, mm-hmm. you can get at all these people, both the, the OGs and the like current people, like, and I'm sure they have just rolls and rolls of tape because they talk to Puffy, like yep. by the, by the end of the episode, when you're talking about Biggie, like, okay, they talk to Kim. You expect that. Not to hate, but you don't know that Kim's got a whole lot going on right now. Kim's yeah. probably happy to talk to somebody. Um, and when they started, you know, they're talking to little C's on the stoop, you know, little C's, his full-time job right now is telling Biggie stories, basically, you know, right. fine. Yeah. Um, he was there. I'm not trying to say he was, I'm not trying to say he wasn't there. He was Big's, one of Big's best friends. Um, but then when you're in like the gilded gold white And you white see all fur, the, the Grammys <laughs> yeah. behind Puffy. It's like, it's like, oh, okay. So they talk to Puff. Um, and they have to have so depending on how much time they had with them like there's got to be more yeah. stories there and they did they, they talked about Pac a little bit in the Oakland one mm-hmm. but not really they didn't really they didn't really talk about Death Row Records or any of that um I don't know how much of a part they didn't really talk about Snoop at all yet like in that whole era um which would have been like 93 94 but on the west coast haven't talked about Atlanta and Outkast at all like so I mean there's, there's some definite, there's Chicago, more. like there's still so many more stories yeah. to be told and I hope they do. Cause it was from my perspective, having read a lot, watched a lot, I thought this was just going to be like, okay. You know, I, yeah. had, I had people who I knew were interested, but did not roll as deep as I did. Cause who would, they're not deep divers, right? No, <laughs> no one's like you, Jordan. <laughs> Come at me and just be like, oh, that's really good. You should check it out. And I was like. Okay. okay. And then I had a train ride and I downloaded some and I watched it and I was like, oh, it actually is kind of good. Yeah. And 
because I take for granted that like it's the thing I've always taken for granted because I was so isolated enjoying this stuff as mm-hmm. a kid. Like something like Digital Underground felt like my own secret thing. Like I was the only one of my friends who was listening to this. I like the Humpty Dance, but you right. know, all my friends like the Humpty Dance too. But they were cool to just tape it off the radio and have that be their thing. No, I went out and got the album and taped the videos and interviews and shit off of Rap City on Much Music and like so. Yeah, yeah, just usually. I've always, <laughs> I've always been this way. Yeah. Um, but like to see them talk to you know shock g from digital underground and tell the story about how he basically came up with humpty hump and mm-hmm. like laughing about like yo there are people who think you're two different people and i'm like yeah i was one of them because <laughs> i was like 11 <laughs> uh, to see these things and that were so important to me but like me reading liner notes with the headphones on in my room yeah. and like you know 1990 to actually no, oh, they did matter. Oh, they were like a huge thing. And sorry, in that the last episode when they're talking about diggy, digging, diggy, digging. Yes. Um, and they're talking about you know, and then you start seeing like patterns, and you're like, who produced this? Who was playing on this? That's yes, right. You do that all. You're like, and this was produced, and then so I looked up the producer, and I found, and that's how you found like the queens, right? Like, ultimately, yeah, yeah. It was just about like looking into going behind the music yes um which i think i'm not that thorough i'm just like i like this song well yeah and i mean this is, and you learn this when you get into this nonsense those are all his records taking up our space they're not taking up our space um yeah, they're so creeping. if you like the way something sounds yeah you find out like the mizell brothers with a production team that worked with Donald Byrd and Blue Note in the 70s. And you start kind of looking around. It's like, oh, everything the Mizell brothers did is dope? Yeah. And you start looking for their names. Even if you've never heard of the person before, if it's got their names on it or it's got certain players on it. it happens to me with City Pop sometimes where it's a singer. Even in Japan, if it's like a singer, I don't know. But you start looking on Discogs and it's like, oh, Tatsuro Yamashita wrote a bunch of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Or, you know. The Yellow Magic Orchestra acted as session players on this whole album. Like, you'll check it out anyway for that, which is what these dudes were doing, you know, at the Roosevelt when they were just digging. Yeah. Just digging. They were just looking for sound instruments they didn't even know. If they yeah. saw, like, a synthesizer they'd never heard of, they'd buy the record just to see if there was anything cool. There's anything good on it. And just even just the whole, like, pretending they took, like, beats off of something and they'd never even sampled it. Like, just trying to, like, trip people just up. lie into and- each other. And this, and this goes back to my ongoing, like, love-hate rage, whatever, with, you know, the old farts. Yeah. Who, like, I get why they were so protective because mm-hmm. it was kill or be killed back then. Like, yeah. The difference between you having the hottest shit and someone else having the hottest shit was your records. Yeah. So, though, in Dylan- maybe if someone came up and they were like, "What did you use on there?" Yeah. Maybe you would lie to them because you're like, "I don't want that dude to make something hotter with it than I did." Though, then you've got your Dillas who can make amazing stuff at it. Anyway. Who didn't care? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he was like, he's like, sure, I'll sample this weird record. Was it? Was it? Um, Ringo Starr record. No, that yes, was, no, he did have a ring. Yeah. Good night, Vienna. He used on a yeah, and like this in the streets. weird B side of a part of a song that barely anyone had ever heard, and yeah, so yeah, that's why he's the goat. Yep. Well, well, happy that went over as well as it did. It I did. Mean, I can't. Like, listen, no big spoilers here for this episode. I kind of figured this would go over well. Yeah. But if we're handing out kick punches, it's ten. Jesus. <laughs> 
perfect score from Katie Mack. Perfect Jesus score. Christ! It was a it's a it was a perfect bite sized documentary about a parts of hip hop. Like it, it it's not for everyone. If you're not interested in hip hop, you know. But I'm not like like I like certain hip hop. And there's lots of stuff I don't like, but I still find history of music fascinating especially something that is so culturally relevant um and i'm kind of like how could you not be interested in that right but from like a uh documentary standpoint and an entertainment standpoint and uh production standpoint it's all great if you dip back to um the third episode on the fourth season Mm -hmm. you will get your queen latifah the one you love sorry is it the first season you said second season second season okay um, which deals with the native tongues and De La and tribe and all that. You will yeah. get your Queen Latifah, Boney Love, Amazing. ladies, Amazing. ladies segment. Yeah, solid twenty minutes on, on that, and be reminded again of why during my hip hop karaoke days, ladies first was like an impossible song to try and yeah try and do because Queen Latifah could rap her ass off. She can still rap her ass off. Still rap her ass off. That is on your Netflix. Yep. Zero dollars for you. $16 a month for whoever's paying for your Netflix account. We're paying for our Netflix account. You pay for your Netflix account? Yeah. Good for you. I don't pay for mine. We're the Netflix payers in our family. Thanks, Dad. <laughs> well, it's not soon, though. They're what are they? They're making all those changes. Upping the prices, making it so you can't share your account. What? Haven't you heard about this? This should have been news. Oh. You still share your account, but they just limited it a bit, didn't they? Possibly. I don't know. I haven't looked at all the restrictions. Oh, my God. <laughs> Clutching my chest, everyone. Netflix basically runs the show. What God. are we going to do? <laughs> Listen. Listen. <laughs> all right. Next up. So, I was thinking of music films, hence musicals, because <laughs> I didn't want to give Jordan anything too long, and I couldn't think of any documentaries that were he'd find interesting. <laughs> and I, well, I'm true. And I was, I was thinking about it and thinking about it. And I was like, okay, well, maybe I'll try this musical. I was like, Jesus Christ Superstar, but he's already seen it. Um, and then I thought, you know what? I don't know if he would like it or not. Maybe not. But I thought it would be fun to um, hear him rage about it if he doesn't like it. So I thought, why not Hedwig and the Angry Inch? A classic. Uh, so if you don't know, Hedwig and the Angry Inch is a 2001 American musical comedy drama. That's a lot in a movie, in one movie, but it's true. Uh, it's a film written for the screen and directed by John Cameron Mitchell. It's based on Mitchell's and Stephen Trask's stage musical, Hedwig and the Angry Inch. Same name. Uh, it accompanies Hedwig Robinson, Hedwig Robinson, a transgender East German singer of a fictional rock band called the Angry Inch. Uh, Hedwig, uh, Subsequently develops a relationship with a younger man, Tommy becoming his mentor and musical collaborator, only to have Tommy steal her music and move on without her. The film follows Hedwig and her backing band, the Angry Inch, as they shadow Tommy's tour while exploring Hedwig's past and complex gender identity. Mitchell reprises his role as Hedwig from the original production. Um, this film is a lot of fun. It has some poignant moments and some sad moments. Um, I thought it was interesting... For the time, since there's lots of talk about gender identity, um, and it was one of the first movies to sort of talk about that. It isn't, not as much underground anymore, but at the time, definitely so. It has some really amazing songs in it. Um, And I just, I always found this film really entertaining. 
Now, Jordan, what did you think? I can't really tell what you were going to think. <laughs> it's certainly ambitious. Yes, that's never a good sign, guys. Um, I mean, I have to split the proverbial baby here, right? Like, okay. it's like, I think this is like, it's a cultural touchstone as a thing, right? Whether yeah. or not it was the original, whether it was Neil Patrick Harris moving from burning on How I Met Your Mother to the Broadway revival, like, yes. like and winning a bunch of Tonys again for that, yeah. like, for best best revival and whatnot. Like, this was a thing. I knew it was a thing. I knew people who loved it as a thing mm-hmm. long before I ever saw it. Right. Um, I just was aware of it. As a movie... I mean, it's okay. I really okay. Um, I mean, I kind of knew this was, might be your response, but, you know. My problem is that all, movies like this always require a certain suspension of disbelief with me, and that is for me to accept that rock music is important. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> Past, like, <laughs> 1975. Like, <laughs> um, like, when is this movie even supposed to be set? Like, it's... I don't know. Present day for the era, right? Like Yeah, ish. Yeah. Um so like nineties. Everything is real. Yeah. Everything is real nineties about it. I know I knew the movie came the movie I know the movie came out in two thousand one. Yes. Um so and the stage production had been out for a while. Predates so, it, yeah. right? Yeah. So at the time of its writing. Yeah. Yeah, stuff like, you know, shirtless glitter cross on his head, <laughs> Tommy Gnosis, like that that uh, that all tracks. Um yeah. for the era. I will say, despite, you know, me just saying that rock music isn't important, songs are good. Yeah. I think my favorite one was the one he does, the piano one, with the in the laundromat, or wherever the hell he's at, mm-hmm. in one of his flashbacks, with the Korean backing band. Yep. The Korean white backing <laughs> band. <laughs> yep. See, this which, is... Which I larfed at. Yeah. It's good. I like that bit. Um, I don't quite know... I mean, listen, my, my gender studies is not, uh, is not at postgraduate level, so I'm not going to... Posit theories part? on Hedwig as a character or what the ending of the movie means or who they are by right. the by the end of it. It's a lot of talk. <laughs> it's like rock rock is important. These songs are good. Yes, when you're writing glam rock songs about Aristotle or Plato's or whoever's, you know, lectures about the original creation of man before it was split by the gods type of thing. Um, it is... Oh my god! I don't know where it comes from, but it's, it's a, a something. It's from uh, the. It, it's fine. <laughs> we don't need it, but it's based in Greek. It's based in Greek myth, um, or Greek philosophy. That's highfalutin. Hello. You're taking yourself seriously. Also, yeah, is Luther racist? Possibly. <laughs> is that a racist depiction? Possibly. <laughs> he just kind of shows up like Shaft and like. <laughs> It's 2001, uh, so... It's a different time, it's and I mean... You, different time. Listen, you can... When you're looking at things mm-hmm. from an era like this... Yes. You can have one. Yeah. You can have a sensitive depiction of a transgender person. Yeah. But that's it. Yeah. You can't have... You're not oh. going to get... You're not going to get a racially sensitive depiction of a black man. Nope. Or, you know, good depictions of, you know, women per se. Like, like you can't, you can't have it all, right? No. So, um... For the time, getting what we got was good. Was good, and also like that whole depiction. I mean, granted, it's probably you know there's some self-made mythologizing 
going on here. I'm sure. Oh, yeah. the, I'm sure the version of his former life, oh, yeah. her former life, forgive me, um, that she gives is not wholly accurate. It's just, it's it's very like, like you said, it's like, are you taking their Hedwig word? is an unreliable narrator, very much so. Um, also, Loki a dick. Uh, yes, not, not a good person. But I think that's really important. Because I don't think every character needs to be <laughs> this, like, perfect character, right? I do think, as art housey leaning as it gets, mm-hmm. it should be seen well, is it ent- by people. Did you think it was entertaining? <sighs> was it entertaining or was it important? I don't... The songs were good. Can I'm not going to say... Can it be both? It can be both. I'm not going to say I wasn't skimming Twitter. Right. Throughout. Um, That's all right. But. I didn't want, I didn't need you to have rapt attention. Um, how old was Tommy supposed to be at the start of their relationship? Oh, God, I don't know. It's hard because. Fapping him in the bathtub was a little like, well, the problem is Michael Pitt will look 16 for his <laughs> entire life. Like, um, Michael, Michael Pitt will be 47 and still playing yes. like high school kids. So, I mean, I don't know how, how old uh, that character was supposed to be, but getting fapped in the in the bathtub by the transgender babysitter was. Yep. Okay. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, and let's just like, I have a hard time with. <laughs> so I Caitlin got into the plot a little bit, but basically, like Hedwig and the Angry Inch are trailing Tommy's national tour. Yes. Everywhere Tommy goes on his tour, because Tommy has stolen all of Hedwig's songs. Um. They are playing nearby. Yeah. At a seafood restaurant. <laughs> yeah. Nah. <laughs> like, oh, I can't get, like, that, would, that wouldn't happen. I can't get over You won't, you wouldn't buy into the suspension of disbelief. I, for, like, it's such a weird thing to harp on, but, like, I couldn't get over that. Oh, like, come on. Why, why a seafood restaurant? Because it's ridiculous. Why would every seafood restaurant in this chain it's, it's <laughs> book it's this band? Absurd. Um, and that's part of the fun. To the point where they're playing the big success story yeah. is them playing at the Times Square Bilge Waters. <laughs> uh, that, was, that was their breakthrough <laughs> success moment. Um, but again, how? To, what are we trying to say about the character by the end of it? Right. Get at me, film studies person. They remove the wig. Yep. And the upper portion of the drag. Throw the tomatoes at the audience. Um, you know, obviously we're playing with the whole notion of the origin of love song where the male and female has been split. Yeah. Are we to infer that Hedwig is whole again by the end of it? Possibly learning to love themselves. And just walking down the alley naked. They should really have shoes on, but. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like a cleanliness thing. And by the time it ended, I was like, oh, oh, oh okay. Sure. Art. Art and entertainment <laughs> blended together. Uh, more art maybe than entertainment, but the songs were decent. Um, I thought it was entertaining. Still, still maintain it should be you seen. See? I think okay. it's an important piece of art from that era, and especially now as those issues. I don't know what the you know trans community thinks of this work now, right? But as those stories are more in the culture. In the past couple of years, mm-hmm. like I definitely think it should be, 
it should be watched. It's this not- is very. This is very much. Well, no, just the idea of what something is now versus when it came out. Mm. Um. Uh, oh, it, thank you for everything, Patrick Swayze. Um, thank you for. Well, uh, thank you oh, for g- everything. Give me, give me, give me one sec. Patrick Swayze. Tu Wong Fu. Thank you for oh, everything, Julie for Newmar. Doing, yes. Yeah. There we go. It came burbled up as I opened my phone. Which was the you know, Jerry Bruckheimer version of Priscilla Queen of the Desert. Like. Yes. And even Priscilla Queen of the Desert. Like what is like they're very now, especially like I I watched it a little while ago and I was like I feel like Wong Fu gets off easier than Priscilla. I feel like Priscilla's had more retroactive But even takes to Wong Fu, like they're they're in these drag shows, right? Yes. But are they drag queens or are they transgender like there's yes. this weird That's, clumping you, you can walk that minefield by yourself i'm not stepping i'm not right. stepping over there well, anyways <laughs> so yes there's definitely something to be said when something and we've done this a lot of times when things are looked at n- then versus now there's a lot of you know things you can sort of pick at it um but anyways so what, what do you give me at kick punches wise 7.7 7. 7.7 7? really yeah i'm surprised i'm glad it worked uh, as a movie. I'm sorry, 7.7? 7? Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to rag on me if I gave it 7.5, so. No, I, I, okay. I don't think it's we've not ever quite, had it's a, a 7.7. It's 7. not 7. quite an 8, 7. but it's better than, it's better than 7.5. Okay. Um, okay. I'm surprised. I thought I was going to get like a 6 or something. I would love to see the sequel of Yatek um, on the cruise line, performing right on cruises. <laughs> That's right. They should make another one. Also, were they trying to make him look like David Foster Wallace? Was that by design? Possibly, but that's all I could see <laughs> the whole time. It's possibility. Why is she married to David Foster Wallace? <laughs> David Foster Wallace. Um, but listen, you do, you all know what I'm talking about. Google both. Google Yitzhak, Hedwig, and then David Foster David Wallace. David Foster Wallace. Long hair, stubble. Yep. Bandana. Yeah. It's, it is the DFW look. Um, that's not anywhere. Nope. You'll have to... Have to rent that somewhere. Yeah. Which I did. Borrow it from a friend. I rented it from the internet. See if a friend has it. Rent it from them. Or borrow it. Actually, you know what? I don't know if... I'm sure sure your library has it. I did not check Canopy or... Not Canopy or Hoopla or any of those, but it's probably sitting there. Yeah. Yeah, Yes. 7.7 for Hedwig and the Angry Inch. And I'm sure it's delightful on Broadway as well. I wish I could have seen it on Broadway. I'm not made of money, though. Watch a movie. The- theater money. You think we got theater, theater money, money in here? Oh, Shit. Wish. You know, yeah. theater money up at the Geek Down Pod. Yeah. We have, you know, we do have, though. What do we have? Third mic money. Yeah, we do. High five. Bam. Courtesy of our patrons and our Ko-Fi. Contributors. Contrib- that's the word I was looking for. And it I, just, ne- I can never do that. It just wasn't there. I was like, no, it's not having the sugar and drink this green tea. <laughs> this is the brand, the synapses are just firing. firing. They're not all sluggish, <laughs> usually due to sugar holding them back. Our Ko-Fi contributors at patreon.com slash geekdownpod or ko-fi.com slash geekdownpod who support this endeavor financially and we love. Thank you very much. We're very excited about the third mic. If you have uh, any suggestions for people we could put that third mic in front of that please, you want to hear us talk to. Please let us know on any of our socials. As we add guest booking onto yeah. our list of <laughs> list of duties. Whew, we're passing that one to Katie Mac. Yep. It'll be all me. <laughs> Katie Mac likes people more than Jordan. 
I'm friendlier. It's the round face. She is. But if you have any suggestions, you can get at us on any of our socials at GeekDownPod, primarily Twitter. Um, and then also, if you really want. If you want to join the revolution. You can join the revolution and talk to me about possible guests you'd like to maybe hear from. We'll see what we can do. We'll see. Um, you can get at us at Facebook, www.facebook.com forward slash GeekDownPod. Um, and I think that's about it. I think that is about it, friends. Thank you so much for joining us, as you do every week. It means the world to us. Thanks for listening. My name is Jordan Ferguson. My name is Caitlin McKinnon. The theme song is by Rob Gasser. And we hope you have a lovely week. Don't be a dick. Don't be a dick. Get together. I have nothing to talk about in the front half I've of the show. I've been watching too much hip-hop stuff. <laughs> Everything's got to beat now. <laughs> got to beat now. Okay, I'll stop. <clears throat>